Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Reddit podcast 27-2018 season recap special. My name is Ben Vallis, aka Brutal Gash, and joining me as usual is Abdul Nader Superfan. It's Jackson, aka Rickman Lives. How are you, Jackson? Very well, very well. Looking forward to going through Abdul Nader's highlights with you all over the next uh, few episodes. Can't wait. Did, yeah. Did you just do the Jeopardy thing? You know that... <laughs> Jackson, you know how like, they're doing the Jeopardy thing where they're pretending to pass the ball along to each other as the contestants <laughs> no, were that introduced? No, purely organic. I, uh, yeah, I, 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 cl- I claim no, um, no influence on that. that was Natural mine. Jeopardy contestant. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. The whole podcast is just an Abdul Nader uh, recap. But uh, yes, yeah, anyway. I knew, I, I knew I came to the right place. We've heard from him already. Uh, our man from across the Tasman, it's Joe, aka No Scrotes McFly. How are you, Joe? Uh, I'm cold. There's no basketball left in the year. <laughs> yeah. Um, no Brad Stevens to warm you up. No Brad Stevens. Or warm us to warm all. Me up. <laughs> no comebacks to, you know, get me through the, the, the cold winter night. It's dark times. So I guess the off season in the Southern Hemisphere also being winter just adds to like, oh. the, the vibe of being away from the warmth of Brad Stevens and Co. I think it's the number one thing I'm jealous of. It's more that they have basketball to get them through the winter. <laughs> yeah. You know, whereas for us, like, you look forward to the start of the season so much because it means both basketball and summer. Yeah. And then you dread the end of the season because it means yeah. you know, basketball. The highs are higher and the lows are, are far lower than <laughs> <I laughs> the Northern Hemisphere folk. <laughs> and all the players are, like, tweeting and Instagramming photos of them in Miami and there's palm trees and <laughs> beaches. And uh, anyway, look. What a season we just had. This past season, I'm sure, resonates within most Celtics fans as perhaps one of the best seasons in recent memory. We're not quite ready to let go of it yet. So before the offseason heats up, before the draft, before free agency, before summer league, we're going to relive the magic of this season in all of its glory in chronological order. So let's begin, shall we? We'll hop in the way, way, way back machine to May 16, 2017. The third pick in this year's draft goes to the Philadelphia 76ers. The second pick will be made by the Los Angeles Lakers. And that means that the number one pick in the 2000 NBA draft goes to the Boston Celtics. This was the night after the Game 7 win against the Wizards. Um, That's how long ago it was. It was actually technically part of the last season. But I do feel like it's the beginning of our offseason, and that's where we need to start our recap. Um, that was an amazing 24 hours for the Celtics. We won a Game 7 against the uh, 
the hateful wizards, the, the terrible wizards and their fans. It was, it was a great win for our team and for our fan base. And then 24 hours, we get the number one pick and we're all singing the praises of Markel Fultz. Two thoughts, two thoughts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Jason. Um, two thoughts. Firstly, I mean, it was it's hard to remember how, I think that moment as a high was probably a little higher than any point we got to in this season. Like beating Philadelphia was pretty sweet, but like that bang, bang, winning game seven, winning the lottery, and then, hey, we could be up against the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, that was probably a little bit false hope. That, that's one thing, like how amazing that sequence of events was. And the second thing is like how unimaginable is the situation that we're in right now? You know, like think about what happened since, hey, you know, and it's like, okay, at that point we had Isaiah Thomas and we were going to draft Markel Fox. Didn't quite work out like that. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely there was a little while there where it was like, great, Markel Fultz is going to be able to, to grow oh, under the, the, the tutelage guy, yeah. of uh, Isaiah Thomas, a veteran, you know, 29, going on 29-year-old point guard. Uh, didn't quite work out that way, and uh, that's what we're here to talk about. But uh, yeah, Jackson, uh, you must have been pretty pretty happy at this point in time yeah i mean there was definitely no reason to be feeling upset i mean it was all positivity <laughs> by, by far but yeah. um yeah i was more in the mindset of uh yes we're gonna get this young guy now marco Fultz out of uh out of where was he from washington, washington. Oh, yeah. that's right <laughs> and i thought hey ben simmons didn't go to a good university i mean he did quite all right but um yeah no i mean without looking without too much hindsight and seeing where we are now versus where we were then for me getting the number one pick was kind of like the crown jewel of the of the nets trade you know we got the number three pick and we got like you know we had a lot of assets coming to it but when we got the actual first pick in the draft i felt like all right then that was that really justifies the whole process you know pardon to use another word um (laughs) that we probably shouldn't but yeah i felt like that was like the, the the crown achievement of that point obviously we still had another pick that you know in the future we would not have any more but um for me that felt like the moment where the trade fully just gave us all the rewards or at least gave us the opportunity to take full advantage of it and, and there's also something cool about like winning the meat pack yeah <laughs> <You> know, right <laughs> <laughs> yeah at the pub yeah. Bingo I, I never win anything yeah. i remember i won a magazine once you know at a it was like i went and watched um do you remember do you guys i don't know if you guys remember there's a snowboarding movie called that's it that's all and um, no. <laughs> it was an incredible movie. It was incredible. Honestly, the soundtrack on that. It was like a lot of stuff like was really started on that cinematographic, cinematographically wise. Anyway, <laughs> I won a magazine. At, we went to like the Wellington Premier League. I won this magazine. I was flipping pumped. You know, the number one pick in the, <laughs> in the lottery. It's similar. Yeah. I don't, you know. Yeah, no. I, maybe I mean, maybe I, a little better. I guess. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't know. I haven't had that that snowboarding movie experience, but uh, it sounds sounds grand, almost as grand as uh, getting the number one pick in the NBA it's draft. It's actually a freaking epic if movie. Get... Even if you're not into snowboarding, you should watch that movie. I was gonna say, I'm not hard out. I was going to say, if yeah. Danny Edge can get us a snowboarding magazine next season, oof, <laughs> <laughs> just be everything. <laughs> so the timing was perfect for the Celtics uh, in terms of getting this pick as Brooklyn finished with the worst record in the league that year. Uh, Paul Pierce tweeted out, and look what I leave behind for the Celts on my way out, the number one draft pick. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. And also I, interesting... I love how he's such a Celtics homer still. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> he's not changing. No, he's that guy. And we'll, we'll get to we'll get to the truth a little bit later on in the show. Um, also interesting to note that Wick Grousebeck, uh, Grosbeck, Grousebeck, I say Grousebeck, said that the Celtics at that point expected that they would make the pick. 
whether or not that's a, a crowd pleasing statement or if um, they felt differently at the time, that's you know in hindsight interesting to note. Yeah, I think that's definitely. Think that's sorry. I think that was probably definitely just GM code for uh, yeah. You're you're gonna have to give us something else if you want this pick. So yeah. that was probably what we all thought as well. Man, I don't know. There's some strong language around that time, mate. Like about about that that they wouldn't trade it. Like I I'd love to know what happened in the month between us getting the one, number one and trading it. I'd love to know. Yeah. Something happened, man. Yeah. I'm I'm willing I'm gonna willing I'm willing to gamble that someone noticed this Fulter's shooting form wasn't as tidy as they were probably hoping it would be. I think it probably went from that, but hey, there might have been considerations before that too. Yeah, let, let's go there. So fast forward one month, one day, June seventeenth 2017. <laughs> Huge shakeup at the top of the draft this weekend. The Celtics deciding, nope, they don't need Markel Fultz. The Sixers deciding, well, thank you very much. We will take him. <laughs> that is quite a potential core they are putting together in Philly. I know Sixers fans who are, well, still drunk this morning after that. But as for Boston, the Celtics get the third pick this year. First rounder in either 2018, 2019. There's a very complicated system of protections yes. going on with all of this. But overall, is this a good move for Boston? And also... What is the end game for Danny Ainge? So prior to this moment, I had watched all, every every single Markel Fultz hype video, every single highlight compilation, everything that was to do with Markel Fultz, uh, I had watched, I'd consumed all of the content. And to say that I was sold on him as our ideal candidate is uh, an understatement, completely an understatement. I, I would have bought a Markel Fultz jersey if it were available to me on the other side of the planet <laughs> here in Australia. Uh and uh, my wife and I were on holidays when the tweet came through on the trade and uh, really put a damper on the rest of the trip, got to say. I was pretty pretty oh, yeah. bummed out at the time. So was I. Tell us about it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, it's I was conversation. Sorry. Just trying to give you some sympathy. So, wait. So, Jackson, you were pumped. I wasn't. You're no, like pump, pump's definitely not the right word, but I, I wasn't devastated purely because I... I was sort of in the trust age no matter what department when it came to, you know, things like that. So I was giving him the benefit of the doubt, but I was definitely on your side, Ben, as well, too. I'd watched the four or five or 12 Mark Elfold's highlight videos and thought, yeah, this would be the guy we can put with Isaiah. This is definitely what we need taking us forward. So it was a shock, but I felt like they were doing it for good, good basketball reasons. So I gave him the benefit of the doubt anyway. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Remember thinking, oh. like, Oh, maybe IT can play the two, or maybe Fultz can play the two. Like I'm sure Brad Stevens will make it work. Blah blah blah. Positionless basketball. Um, yeah, dark well, times. And yeah, <laughs> we, we needed scoring. We needed scoring last year. We knew that, right? And um, and it, it like it wasn't apparent to anybody that that Tatum was anything that special. Tatum wasn't like a no. Tatum, Tatum wasn't like a stud. You know, like Fultz was a consensus. I was just like. Man, Ainge, this is a heat check. I was like, yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, tr I'm gonna trust you, but I'm not enjoying this experience. Yeah. And um, and I was like, like leaving aside to me, like the 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 added value that they got from the Lakers or Kings or Sixers pick, whichever one it, it winds up, however it winds up manifesting. I was like, that doesn't matter if Fultz is a better player than Tatum. Like if like he Ainge is betting that Tatum is a better player than Fultz and anyone else in the draft. And um, and he might not be right. I, I don't know, man. Like, I don't know if I'd... Would you trade Donovan Mitchell for Jason Tatum? 
I feel like at mm. this point in time with the playoffs that we just saw, of all the players that come out of that draft, obviously extremely biased here, but Jason Tatum is the, the bluest of the blue chippers to come out of out of that draft. Like he he dunked on LeBron James. Like he had an amazing playoffs. Mm. He played incredibly well, especially beyond the first round. He he destroyed the Sixers. He had his his fair share of moments against the Cavs and um for the most part he looked like the best player on our team. Um, you know, obviously we had two all stars that were injured and they were out, but um I do feel like he showed himself to be the, the best player drafted in the last in the yeah. last uh, draft. Trying to be unbiased here because obviously it's very hard to, to picture being without Jason Tatum now, but I huh. don't know if I would have I if I would trade him for Donovan Mitchell, but he's Don but Mitchell is certainly the only one of this draft class that I would even consider sure. it for yeah. a second. Yeah, to sure. be fair, fair, like everyone else not even close. I think if they're the same age, I think for sure personally I'd go Mitchell. I think Mitchell yeah. is an absolute beast, but Tatum is younger, and we—he's at least a—you know—you kind of you've got to kind of compare Tatum in a year year from now with Mitchell that we've just seen in the playoffs. Mitchell was a beast in this year's playoffs, man. Like yeah, he really true. was, and uh, he goes and—he's like he goes and gets it, man. Like whereas Tatum, we're kind of like, oh come on, Tatum, can you just grab the ball, you know? But anyway, I'm stoked we've got Tatum. It's great. I'm really glad we don't have Lonzo. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Was any was Four anyone forks. keen on Lonzo at any point? No. Magic horse. <laughs> yeah. Magic horse. Yeah. No. I I just remember thinking that's the dumbest shot I've ever seen, and I just don't like his hair. And I know that's really <laughs> <laughs> the second thing's really shallow, but I I did this before I found out knew about Lavar or all the other shit going on. But uh, yeah, no, I'm quite glad we uh, we refused to buy into the the Lonzo hype. Yeah. I... Uh, I, I could I'm a sucker for good passes. Players who have a rep as a good as good passes. Yeah. So um I definitely I was like, man, I if Lonzo's like the second coming of Jason Kidd, I'm like we may regret this, but I'm feeling okay. <laughs> yeah. So the sort of the, the takeaway I have from, you know, looking back on all of this is I I remember there was that period of time where, you know, all these tweets and photos were coming out, you know, on the subreddit and, and Twitter and whatnot of Danny Ainge out and about with Markel Fultz and like obviously we had him in for a workout and they were spotted out at um I'm drawing a mental blank here but Danny Ainge's uh favorite uh food Chipotle. outlet Chipotle thank you or was was it Chipotle or was it a different one because it was bad news I I feel like they <laughs> I only thought it was Chick-fil-A there, Chick-fil-A there's as... people on the reddit screaming at this right now because it's a very popular meme I think oh shit I don't know um well hopefully someone out there can correct us but um at the time, it was like, okay, we're, we're courting our, our future all-star, our future face of the franchise. Something happened. Danny Ainge saw something, heard something, detected something with his spidey sense and, and realized that that uh, Fultz was not the way to go. Yeah. Um, I also want to call out, so I, in doing some research for this podcast, uh, because going back one year is just way too far for my mind. I had to do some research. I had to go through Reddit and some articles and whatnot. A user on the Boston Celtics subreddit, user Katy Perry's rack. Uh, always, ins- yeah. always insightful. Yeah, absolutely. Made a comment. This is before the draft, uh, before anything, only after it was announced that the Celtics were granted the number one pick. They said, the more I look into it, the more I want Jason Tatum on the Celtics. He really reminds me of a young Paul Pierce. He would be great next to Jalen. Uh, some foresight there. 
Uh, Katy Perry's mm. rack knows what's up, man. Yeah, you got to give it to Katy Perry's rack. Um, really, I uh, really hit the nail on the head there. <laughs> I feel like there's probably a lot of people who would take like the, the their favorite prospect in the draft and throw like a young X or a young Y on it there, and and I think that's like can be quite wild. But um, hey, man, it's it's worked out to be rather uh, rather appropriate. So yeah, definitely a good call there. Yep. So now moving on, June 23, 2017. So just under a week later. With the third pick in the 2017 NBA Draft, the Boston Celtics select Jason Tatum from Duke University. Jason Christopher Tatum, who Ainge claims the Celtics would have drafted uh, with the number one pick. Uh, he's that guy. Now, the general consensus from the Reddit thread was he was one of the few rookies to look genuinely happy after being drafted. I rewatched mm-hmm. the draft clip, uh, you know, moments before recording this podcast. And, you know, I agree. Like, he just looks absolutely stoked, which is what you would expect from a, a new NBA draftee. But I think a, a lot of them try to play it really cool uh, and, you know, try and act like it's sort of a natural environment for them. But obviously, being drafted into the <laughs> NBA uh, is, you know, is incredible. Um, so it was good to see someone show that and it was good for that to be the guy that we drafted. Yeah. Do, do you remember like around the time of the draft, there were like all these news stories coming out about some prospects not wanting to work out for Boston because they were a playoff team. Josh Jackson. Josh Jackson, Josh Jackson. <laughs> Josh comes Jackson. to mind yes. first and foremost because yeah, he thought, oh, I don't want to be, you know, a secondary player. I don't want to be coming off the bench. I want to be the man, you know. It's quite funny if you could have seen how the future would have panned out if he actually did come to the um, to the Celtics too. But hey, that's just, uh, it's just something that, that I cast my mind back to when I think about that. Uh, rookie's concerned about not getting enough playing time if they were drafted by the Celtics. And uh, yeah, it didn't age well. Was it perhaps a smokescreen from from the Celtics in order to prevent people thinking that we were dialed in on Tatum, right? Like if, if love we to might go Josh case. Jackson or Tatum, then that takes the Lakers' leverage away, right? Because if we're equally happy with either, they can't draft. Yeah. If, know, it, if, if there's any trade. kind of like espionage or smokescreens going on, I'm always hopeful that's the case, at least coming on our behalf. <laughs> that's the kind mm. of 4D sort of flat earth chess that might entice <laughs> one Kyrie Irving to join the team. So that, that actually fits in with the timeline. That, that makes sense. Now, this is just interesting. There was a lot of speculation at the time. Uh, like, what does this mean for us signing a star wing in maybe Jimmy Butler or Paul George or maybe even, I don't know, Gordon Hayward? This was right around the time where the subreddit, the the Celtics uh, landscape, the community, if you will, uh, was rife with talks of a probable Paul George trade. And then mm. we signed this, you know, potential, this uh, wing, this, you know, small forward uh, or power forward light with a lot of potential right in the position of, of a, you know, where we were looking to maybe trade for or sign an all-star. I still feel like um, I, at the time I was pretty cool. With it, you know, given the fact that I'd adjusted to the trade out, you know, and that we weren't getting the number one pick, um, I was cool with it. Yeah. After Boston made the trade, Duke coach Mike Krzyzewski called Tatum. Uh, it's not clear that he knew exactly what was next, but he might have had an inkling. Quote, he was just ranting about how great of a person Brad Stevens is and that Coach K would love the opportunity if they would pick me. And he really wanted me to go up there and work out for them, Tatum said. I was all for it. It worked out. I had a great time up there on my visit, and obviously they enjoyed me. Now, the Celtics could have easily kept the pick and taken Fultz, the safer pick at the time, because of his lack of obvious weaknesses. This is, again, from CBS Sports. They could have also taken Jackson, whose attributes, versatile defender, intense competitor, fit the profile of many recent Boston draft picks. Instead, 
They swung for the fences with a player who could turn out to be one of the rarest birds in NBA in the NBA world. Number one scoring option on the wing. It's just interesting in hindsight how unsure the world was of Tatum, and you know they mentioned uh, Jackson and that we that we passed on Fultz. You know, obviously now looking back, it's it, Tatum is the obvious pick, but it was just so interesting, and I, I remember at the time being so unsure of it. So moving on, July four, twenty seventeen. Independence Day for those of you in the States, July 4 for those of us in other countries. Very excited uh, to you know, officially announce. Mike Zarin flew to San Diego this morning uh, to sign the contract with Gordon Hayward in, in his home or his gym, I'm not quite sure. Um, very early this morning and grateful for Mike doing that. And we're very excited to have Gordon and Robin and their two children join our Celtic family and uh, we think he's a fantastic player, a great fit. Gordon Hayward signing confirmed with some drama. Uh, I remember where I was and when when all of this was, was, was happening. Oh, um, likewise, it actually reminds yes. me of the Kevin <laughs> Durant cool. situation the year before. Um, a lot of the, the news that comes out in the morning in the States um, comes out uh, in the middle of the night here in Australia and probably the same in New Zealand as well, Joe. But at about 2 a.m., I woke up knowing that we were expecting a, a Gordon Hayward decision. And I laid there in bed, refreshing <laughs> Twitter, refreshing Reddit, everything, just waiting for the news to come through. And then at about 4 a.m., it, yeah. it did come through. And I, I could have gotten up and like ran down the street naked. I was so happy. Like, we finally landed our free agent, you know, and the Celtics being one of the bigger franchises, maybe one of the bigger market teams, are always part of rumors with regards to signing big free agents, making big trades. And, you know, we've been blue-balled in the past by the Kevin Durant situation in, in a recent memory. Mm. And we finally signed Gordon Hayward and it's announced and I'm just freaking out. I'm laying in bed and just like vibrating um, <laughs> on the spot with <laughs> excitement. And <laughs> then I, I can't remember the exact timeline, but maybe five, maybe 30 minutes later, some of the doubt tweets start to come out. Hang on a second. Hang on a second, guys. Maybe Gordon Hayward oh. doesn't want to sign with the Celtics. Maybe uh, he... I don't know how to put this lightly. Maybe he blew his load too early. Maybe <laughs> the information has come out prematurely. Uh, maybe there was a miscommunication between him and his agent or Chris Haynes, who tweeted out the initial yeah. uh, news. Take me through your experience of the situation because uh, as someone who, who, who hurt throughout the whole process, um, relatively speaking, I just want to know um, from you guys... How it went down for yourselves? So I had a, um, I was coaching a basketball team last year. We had morning trainings on Wednesday mornings. Uh -huh. Actually, was it Wednesday or Monday? I, 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 I could not Monday tell trainings. you. <laughs> anyway, um, I'm pretty sure it was a Wednesday. Um, the um, yeah, so I you said four. The reason I knew it was four is because training started at six thirty in New Zealand, which is four o'clock Australian time. So I was awake and um, driving into training. Um, and then I see this Haynes tweet come on and, you know, I'm pumped for practice, going to inspire the boys now. And, um, so I put the phone down, everything's great. Um, and then I come back after training and then an all hell is broken loose. And so then I've got to get for a full work day, <laughs> not knowing how this thing's going to resolve itself. So needless to say, not a lot got, not a lot got done that day. I was, uh, I was a bit of a wreck. I was really hoping it was. And, I don't know about you, Jackson, but like I tend to bet on the incumbent. Like I'm still, if I had to bet money on where LeBron's going, I'd say he's going to stay. That was where I'd bet. 
And so I thought yeah. the same would apply for Haywood as well. I thought, yeah, it's taking long. The longer he goes, the more likely he is to not do anything, you know, no, make no changes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a fair assumption. I think it's the, the lower of odds or averages will always suggest that the income. But anyway, don't want to get into that. Um, I was actually living in London. There's another reason why this feels like it's so wow. long ago for me. I was living in a different country and the high, my lifestyle is completely different. So it is yeah. really like going back in time. But yeah, for me, it was 4 or 5 p.m., I think, something like that. I remember I was just finishing work and I worked in a, um, in a, in a studio and the, the, I think I missed the initial tweet saying that we had gotten him. But I remember seeing the tweets there that he was considering signing, I think was the word that they were using. But then as I was about to get, I think as, as I was walking out of my office to the, the tube, whenever you go into the tube, you lose your phone signal, except for when you have Wi-Fi at some stations and whatnot. And yeah. as I'm getting on the train, I see that, oh, they're actually reconsidering or the, the information's been leaked early and now they're having second thoughts. And so then it was in between like every three or four minutes, I was in between going in train stops. So the train took, took the train trip took about an hour and 10 minutes from where I was going to work from where my house. So I'm in these five minute periods of this complete radio silence and then we get to the station refresh 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 nothing god damn it and then yeah and i can't remember exactly when it got completely confirmed but yeah it was a good it was a few hours there where i was just i went from being i thought if we if we get him it's great if we lose him that sucks but whatever we'll be okay and then when it was like we got him i was like oh yes yeah, sweet 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 and it then, must have been close to midnight because it was pretty close to lunchtime i'm pretty sure yeah. it was lunchtime new zealand time I just remember, yeah, I just remember the initial doubts, the initial tweets coming out as I was leaving work. Um, and yeah, and, and so yeah, it would have been an awkward few hours from there and it like just me checking the phones and whatnot. But um, yeah, it was, um, it was, um, you want the, you want your, your, your signings to be hassle free and drama free, but going through all of everything that went through that way, it just kind of added to the, uh, to the story a bit more, didn't it? We say we want them to be hassle free, but do we really? Like, Let's be honest. We love F five season like at least as like at least yeah. as oh, yeah. much as the real one. It's the one. best when but... it's the best when you're the winner when you do come out on top. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and when it's <laughs> happening it's just to other teams, total shit. like yeah. all for the drama when like another fan base, you know, uh, especially the Wizards and the Sixers uh, are <laughs> suffering through that kind of stuff. But like as soon as the doubt started to come in, I was like, of course. Like, we just can't have anything nice. Like, this, of course, this is happening to... I got a little bit selfish. Of course, this is happening to me. Like, I can't just have this moment and, like, live and love and, and you know, enjoy life. Like, I'm, this is going to be dangled in front of me like a like a carrot and then just whisked away. Um, but fortunately, we got our guy. He signed a four-year, $128 million deal. Uh, and interestingly, uh, I guess, obviously, the top post from the past year on Celtics Reddit is the Hayward signing confirmed upvote party, which I guess, you know, given all the drama that, that led to the, the finally the confirmation that that actually makes a little bit sense. Uh, also, interestingly, this was when Jay Crowder was still on the roster. Yes. A little bit of drama there hmm. earlier in that season, the past season where the Celtics crowd were chanting uh, Gordon Hayward and good on you guys. Cause that obviously worked well done. Thank you for those of us who couldn't mm-hmm. be there at TD garden, but uh, Jay Crowder was, you know, pretty uh pissy after that uh after that particular game and i guess you know he's a professional basketball player he plays a position that Gordon Hayward plays um fair enough but sorry bro Gordon Hayward's just better Crowder was still on the roster also interestingly uh in in looking back at this through reddit and uh you know other internet forums for i didn't right. i for i i i for, i'd forgotten how enraged uh nba reddit and the Utah Jazz fans were like everyone was pissed off that we mm. were able to sign Gordon Haywood. I forget 
just the hate filled comments coming in from everyone, particularly in RNBA and I, more obviously the Utah Jazz fans. I had forgotten until I looked through the uh, the threads at that time just how pissy and and how much it magnified the whole fuck the Celtics movement. Yeah, it just felt like the whole Stevens connection. There's been like talks of it happening for like years in advance. He just felt like it was something that was meant to be. So even when it was the doubts were being thrown in, I kind of I was I was keeping the faith that this is just something where the planets had all aligned and it was just meant to happen. So and it ended up doing it. Yeah, and Gordon Haywood referred to in his Goodbye Utah Players Tribune article um, that he and Brad Stevens had unfinished business, which was awesome. Like, awesome momentum started heading into the season. Like, all right, we've got unfinished business. Like, let's let's get to it. Yeah. So that had me uh, excited. Uh, also, and, and sadly, I guess now in hindsight, Isaiah Thomas uh, apparently played a huge part in the recruitment of Gordon Hayward. Yep. So cold, Went out right. to dinner with he and his wife. Yeah, that, well, uh, and he tweeted out shortly after the confirmation, let's get to it, at Gordon Hayward. And there was like an Instagram post of him dancing, dancing around. Dancing around, mood. Yeah. yeah, I remember that. Now, it wasn't all good news, unfortunately, with the confirmed Hayward signing. The Celtics now had to clear enough cap space to fit his giant max contracts and that brings us to the next part of this podcast july 7 2017 and the celtics trading avery bradley and a second round pick to the pistons for marcus morris the move creates the salary cap space needed to sign free agent gordon hayward to a four-year 128 million dollar maximum contract but lz have the celtics actually gotten worse this offseason that was so sad i loved avery yeah and that that hurt i like i think if you're a Celtics fan, because Avery was that link to the to the prior era, and he, you know, would sort of watch him get better every year. Yeah, we drafted. Which him. is the fun of like supporting a team is the improvement and the you know and 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 I love you know you love how aggressive he was defensively. It was sad. I'd love it if we could sign him again this summer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's it was possible, isn't it? Too, but um, yeah. But for me, when it was when it went down, I was like, oh no, there goes there goes out of fence. <laughs> That's initially what I thought. And the, the smart the smart Bradley backcourt, I thought was just was just perfect to take on like you know real defense. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I was really believing in that in that unit. So when it happened, I was like, well, the defense has taken a step back. You know, little did we know it actually was going to improve. But um yeah, no, really sad. Again, the having the guy as the link between the old era and the new one, it was it was it was sad to see. But um I think once the initial sort of um well, once the shock of it initially came through or worn off, like you understood why it was it was being done. You knew it was for, for the greater good and it, it, we needed to get, you know, space for Hayward, obviously. So it was something that I, I accepted quite quickly, but um, yeah, it was still very upsetting at the time. Mm. Yeah, it definitely hurt a lot at the time. At the time, to be clear, uh, a lot has changed since. But yeah, Avery Bradley was definitely one of our better players at that point and was still regarded as, you know, one of the league's premier perimeter defenders uh, and I think a lot of people were really hoping that he could stick around and be a part of whatever we were building or whatever it looked like we were building he at the time. He was probably our second best player last year right like you'd say he was better than Crowder he's oh no Horford Horford's better yeah yeah so he's our third best player yeah he was part of our big three Isaiah Thomas Al Horford and uh, Avery Bradley <laughs> which sounds weird now in hindsight. East Conference finalists thank you very much yeah I mean there's no I don't know like there's no real part of this podcast that is the right time to bring this up, but there's sadness in in thinking about you know these guys who were so huge for us for for multiple seasons, Isaiah Thomas, you know Avery Bradley for the most part, and to a lesser extent Jay Crowder, who like really took a downturn in 
their careers after they left the Celtics. Like, obviously, you know, nothing really needs to be said about Isaiah Thomas. He was injured for a lot of the time with that hip injury that he, you know, he probably really exacerbated uh, and sacrificed for us, for our team. And then we go and trade him away, which we'll get to. Uh, and Avery Bradley his, also His labrum and... was torn for our transgressions. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was ruined Bro. for our iniquities. <laughs> and Avery Bradley, you know, goes to a, a pretty shitty situation in Detroit and then obviously gets traded again. And Jay Crowder didn't do particularly well in Cleveland, obviously, and then has a bit of a resurgence in Utah. So that's why I say it to a lesser extent, Crowder. But um, yeah, like it just, if it wasn't brutal and cold enough to trade those guys away, then they just go on to, to be pretty piss poor to be honest uh on their extra teams <laughs> on their next teams so um that was pretty rough but anyway like i was saying it would have been good to see what avery bradley could have been as part of the future celtics it's a shame that we couldn't keep him around but we needed that cap space and we got one marcus morris one mook who we've talked about uh, quite a lot on the podcast since our inception uh i don't know how I feel in terms of Mook Morris in comparison to Avery Bradley. I really love I Avery do. Bradley. I do. I right, do not like Mook Morris, but we <laughs> needed him this year. <laughs> yeah, we did. Sadly. And that is that is sad. Like this is the early portion of the season recap podcast. But to to say, you know, it's been mostly good news at this point, but to say how much we needed Mook Morris, uh, if you had told me that at the beginning of the season, I would have been like, What? What happened? Yeah. Like, well, why did we end up didn't, needing him so badly? Didn't we have like 17 small forwards on the roster? Yeah. We traded for <laughs> Yeah. But, uh, much, yeah. He was, I will say, obviously, as the season transpired, um, he, he was much better than I thought he was, particularly from an offensive standpoint, and obviously proved himself throughout. But, um, yeah, it, was, it, I, it wasn't my favorite trade at the bottom. And again, I accepted it. I understand why it needed to be done, but it just, it, it really just felt like cap filler, didn't it? I think at the time there was, some talk um, because you got to remember that the Hayward signing hadn't been finalized at this point, right? Like um, this is the why the ha- trade happened. Yeah. Right. So um, there was talk at the time about a deal that we could get done with Utah um, where Utah would take on Crowder and we might, and I was kind of like, Oh, maybe we could get Exum or something like, like a piece. Yeah. Like right. That. Mm. Um, I got kind of excited about the idea of that, and obviously <laughs> Morris must have just been the best deal floating around there. But um, yeah, right. Yeah, I'd kind of, I, I'd kind of hoped for maybe like I thought, oh maybe there's a there's a, a piece to get excited about out there, and Morris has been needed, but serviceable, it, serviceable, it's serviceable. <laughs> but you know, he doesn't exactly give you that tingling feeling in your nether regions, does he? He's uh, no. More Only often. the negative kind. Yeah. <laughs> if you felt that, you know what I'm talking about. He had a few games there, but beyond that, yeah, no, it wasn't. He's hardly, he's not a tingle player. Let's put it that way. Nah. Yeah, yeah. And we'll get to the, the good parts of the, the Mook Morris stretch uh, in part two of the season recap special. Now, I want to move on. July 17, 2017. Yesterday, Paul, look at you over there. I'll make it an official. Paul signing a one-day contract with Boston so he could officially retire as a member of the Boston Celtics. Paul Pierce, the truth, signs with the Celtics to retire a Celtic. There was a moment there. Uh, so I, w- I woke up one day. Uh, must have been July 17, 2017. Uh, and it was a cool moment because I remember just waking up one morning to all of these new photos of Pierce in Celtics gear, like surrounded by Celtic-y things. And there was footage of him shooting hoops out at Waltham, out at, out at the, the Celtics 
practice facility and some photos of him spending time with Pierce 2.0, Jason Tatum. But this one, okay, there's a couple of things I didn't, I wasn't crazy about with this one. One was when he signed the jersey, it was like the first one that would time we'd seen the, the, the one with the GE logo oh, on Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. And, and I, I was still kind of adjusting to that. Um, but it, it's not the same. It's not quite the same as them actually playing. Like the ceremonial signing thing, that's nice. Like it's better than not, but it's not the same as like, put it this way, what means more? The fact that he signed with the Celtics to retire as a Celtic or that game he had, you know, when the Clippers came in and Thomas let him hit the mm-hmm. three. You know, what actually means more? It's To me, it's not that close. They know? should have just given him the contract on the court then, I think. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like, as soon as the season's done, one day, die. it would have been the perfect timing for it, definitely. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, I, I think it's they're all part of a chain of events that, to, like, looking back, maybe it, it means little now, but in the future, maybe in a decade's time, looking back at that chain of events, I, I feel like that's a nice, well-rounded conclusion both of those things together to to his time as a celtic and as an nba player i guess yeah if i was to make the case for it it sort of says it sort of it sort of communicates to us as fans that the organization loved him just as much as we loved him as fans and i guess you you kind of want that right like you you kind of want to think that your organization loves the players like i want to think that danny ainge is heartbroken to trade it or avery bradley I kind of want to think that, you know, I don't want to think that he's sitting up there and he's just moving pieces around on a chessboard. I actually want him to be as emotionally invested as I am. Mm. Yeah. I um, I don't know how to feel about that aspect of it, but it's definitely, it's definitely, you feel, it feels like more of a family and it does feel like you're closer to it when everyone's on the same page emotionally. So, I mean, I thought the whole Paul Pierce thing, it was nice. It was obviously very ceremonial. I saw like when he signed the contract, it was like this, like it was like six or seven pages of just like fine print and stuff. And I just thought, what does it say? Like, it's just like, we're going we're gonna to pay you five bucks for this photo shoot. And then, you know, yeah. obviously you, you have your seat at the court side for the rest of the time or whatever. But yeah, nah, I mean, it was, it was a nice ceremonial thing to do, but I mean, yeah, obviously at the end of the day, it was, it was, it was rather meaningless, unfortunately. No disrespect to the man. Absolute yeah. legend. I, know, but, I guess yeah. just as a as a Paul Pierce freak of a fan, like I have a signed Paul Pierce jersey hanging in in my living room. It's the first thing you see when you walk into my house. My wife <laughs> hates it, but uh, hey, uh, the Celtics <laughs> comes, fan. comes with the territory. <laughs> yeah, I just a- anything to do with Paul Pierce and the Celtics, and it had been a number of years since he'd been away from the team. To just like I said, wake up one morning and it's like he's here, surrounded by a Celtic stuff. Like that just <laughs> made me feel good. Uh, and look, it was part of the offseason, so uh, here we are talking about it. Um, the Celtics noted as, as part of the press release um, for that event that Pierce retired as the team's all-time leader in three-point field goals, free throws, and steals, and he's second only to John Havlicek in scoring with 24,021 career points. On the thread for that event, user Granny Ainge says, trade him to the Nets for the 2019 unprotected first round pick. <laughs> uh, which is funny. Uh, and, and user Henry is your boss says, I legitimately love this man, which I echo. I echo that sentiment. Henry is your boss is a super active member of the Celtic subreddit. So um, I agree with his sentiment, but also I just wanted to throw a coin from him because he's he's all over the sub. And in a, in a period of time where the subreddit is just... LeBron James speculation and a lot of other things that I hate. It's just nice to hear and see like good, thorough, like 
commentary from a, a known good Celtics subreddit user. Some as proper opposed to fandom. Just, yeah. Some as proper fandom just, from the dedicated ones out yeah, there. Yeah. <laughs> as opposed to just all the bullshit that is flooding into the subreddit at the moment and i don't want this podcast <laughs> to descend into all of that but our just quickly like the amount of subscribers on the sub has jumped up like 10k in just recent months and i feel like a lot of them are people who love lebron james and feel like he might potentially sign here and they might be able to say hey i subscribed to the subreddit before lebron subscribed to the team if you will <laughs> that was it before um, it was cool man yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but we it's don't very annoying <laughs> Yeah, and like we're a, we're a Celtics Reddit podcast. Like we started this podcast because we wanted to be an extension of the subreddit. And we love the sub, and uh, like I can't go there at the moment. Like I'll go there to post this this podcast, but like if you if you uh, intake all of the content on that sub by sorting by new, because you go there so often that you just want the new content. Um, it's it's bad times. It's terrible times. It's all just trade Kyrie, trade Gordon Hayward, sign LeBron James. It'll be a dynasty. Uh, I, I can't stand it. And I don't want to get into why I think that it's wrong for us to sign uh, LeBron James. But it's wrong. We shouldn't do it. Uh, challenge me. Yeah, I have some strong feelings about that. I'll, and I feel like I'll... it warrants a, yeah. a separate podcast. I could, I, yeah, I, can I give you, I'll give you, I'll give you a, um, I'll give you my quick summary of it. Um, yeah, I'll, <laughs> I, I'll take him for the right price. That's all I'll say. In terms of he, LeBron, he, if you, see <laughs> him, if you guys of, could wow. see what he was doing there, he was sort of stroking his. <laughs> there was like a thousand things I wanted <laughs> to prefix by saying that, but I'll just, yeah. I'll just go to the chase. I'll take him for the right price, and I think that's the, should just be the end of it, at least for me, anyway. Uh, yeah, and what what would the right price be? Um, that's that's what I'm just gonna keep there. Yeah, just keep soul, at an arm's distance for now. Soul, yeah. Jackson. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's a future podcast coming your way, fans. Now <laughs> we're almost done here. Moving on. So we've just been at July 17 for the Paul Pierce sign and retiring. Now moving on over a month, August 23rd. 2017. Michael Lee's back here with you on SportsCenter, continuing our breaking news coverage of a potential trade between the Celtics and the Cavs that would basically swap the starting point guards for the two teams that faced off in last year's Eastern Conference Finals. Kyrie Irving going to Boston, Isaiah Thomas going to Cleveland, along with some other players and a draft pick. Probably the biggest news of the offseason. In a a very eventful offseason where we also signed Gordon Hayward. This was um, something that I, I was on the train on the way to work, going across the Sydney Harbour Bridge, and uh, I was actually going through the NBA 2K uh, subreddit on my phone, bit of a 2K player, and someone had posted, will the Isaiah Thomas Kyrie trade uh, be updated on the 2K roster soon? And I was like, wait, what? what? <laughs> the what trade? And then I quickly went over to the Celtics subreddit and the NBA subreddit and like, confirmed that it happened. And uh, I talked about vibrating before during the, the Hayward situation. This is a maybe a different kind of vibration as someone who... Um, Were you instantly very... pro it? Were you instantly pro the trade? No, because I, I was a huge Isaiah Thomas fan and I traveled to Boston last year for the playoffs and I was in Boston and chilling out the day before the game, like just passing time, very excited to go to game one against the Bulls. And the news came out about Isaiah Thomas's sister and i was saying to my wife oh that's such a shame like you know obviously very very sad for isaiah thomas and his family but as a fan also like well we're not going to be able to see him play there's no way he would play you know the death Mm -hmm. of a a sibling 
Um, and then he played the game and being in the arena that night and just the way that the fans reacted to him and the way that he reacted to the fans, we lost the game, but you know, he played incredibly well. Um, and that is how you form a bond with a, with a athlete, you know, to, to be there during those kinds of moments and then fast forward to this trade. And I just, I couldn't believe it at the time. It's just so unimaginable. eh? Like you could, we could not have comprehended trading. Isaiah at the time. Isaiah. I, I try to say things, you know, with a New Zealand accent as much as possible. Yeah. <laughs> Isaiah. Isaiah. Um, <laughs> no, it, you, you couldn't have possibly imagined trading him, mate. And and it happened. It was like Crowder, I could kind I was kinda getting a little bit over Jay Crowder by this point. He was too yeah. he was a bit emo. Especially he was, always, yeah. he was on the verge <laughs> of really upsetting things. And yeah. he missed a lot of shots when we needed him to make them. And I was okay with Crowder going. We kind of forget how much, like, we were all looking for to Zizic. Like, we were, like, Zizic was, like, the fine, right? Like, we've got this guy coming from Europe. We've got massive rebounding issues. He's a hard-nosed rebounder. He's, like, what Aaron Baines turned out to be, you know? Um, Zizic, I was, oh, man, if you told me we were going to trade Zizic, I'd have been shocked, you know? Like, yeah, he was a hot mm, prospect I, at the time. Admittedly. I totally missed the train on Zizic. I really didn't think it was much of a loss, personally. But then again, again, missed missed the train on that one there. But like for me, that was just a, a piece that was tacked on. And like obviously, we saw how much he played this season. So yeah, obviously, looking looking at yeah. looking at that aspect of it, it was fine with it. But I mean, sorry to cut you off, Joe. But I mean, no, Yas Benefi was initially pro. I was, I I I think I was. I think I was because I the only thing that I ever had against Isaiah Thomas was his height. And I know that's a very uh, heightest thing to do. It's very heightest. It's a judge. Yeah, yeah. Me, me and him in my high, in my high horse over here. Um, no, I just, I always uh, wondered whether he was the guy. Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> try to. On this, we're a safe space here on the Celtics podcast. Um, I tried to envision whether he was going to be worth the max and obviously I loved him to death and again the whole sequence of him playing in the playoffs sister dying coming back scoring 53 losing a tooth getting hip injured everything that he did the fact that he was this tall this this short guy who scored all these amazing points and was just cow was just like the face of this team like it was a re- it was like it just the, the rug had just been pulled out from under you and you just didn't know what was going on there but I just tried to be as unemotional and use the whole trust Danny Ainge sort of thing to fall back upon what and I thought Kyrie Irving is probably better than Isaiah Thomas if you take everything else away from it. Probably. So yeah. in that yeah. respect, I was okay with. Then I thought, oh geez, the pick Crowder, uh, the whole the fact that it was Isaiah Thomas and the character we get losing from it and all this kind of shit. It was it was hard, but I initially tried to see the positives of it. it was, first. The, the whole thing was such a shock, though. In that, yes, was that it, a nowhere well, turn? Well, it just really yeah. came. Like the only. You guys will probably all, all remember this as well. The only clue that ever came out, the only bit of smoke we ever got was David Griffin mentioning on the jump that he might, that Irving might look at Boston. They were never in the mentioned list of, of, of you know, teams that Kyrie was looking for a trade for. I thought we were safe. <laughs> yeah, so uh, at the time, Irving was 25 years old and he requested a trade during a July meeting with Cavaliers owner Dan Gilbert. And at the time, Irving said that he wanted to play in a situation in which he could be more of a focal point and that he no longer wanted to play alongside LeBron James, which uh, we won't get to it. We've already touched on a little bit, but uh, it's interesting for, you know, rumors already mentioned. 
Uh, Ainge also said that the Celtics did their homework on Irving after his falling out with James in Cleveland and said Irving was excited to be joining the Celtics. Ainge also acknowledged that Irving's price tag was high. Quote, it's a high price tag. <laughs> but acquiring a 25-year-old <laughs> perennial all-star, a player that fits a timeline for us and is a fantastic offensive player, one of the best offensive players in the league, you have to pay a heavy price. Uh, one, Isaiah Thomas, had just led the Celtics to the number one seed, averaging 29 points, six assists over the past season. Uh, and Ainge also did say that uh, Thomas's injury did play some part into making the deal. And the Celtics coach, Brad Stevens, said... He is not sure Thomas will be ready to start uh, at the beginning of training camp. And boy, was he right. Look, this to me, with everything that we've covered so far, uh, it was just the craziest point in the offseason before the season that we are now recapping. Um, Just with everything that we've been through with IT. Like, he was the Celtics at that point in time. And Crowder was a huge part of the team. Uh, And like we already said, Ante Ante Zizic uh, was, at the very least, an intriguing prospect. Uh, and the Brooklyn pick, which you haven't really touched on, was expected to be a lot better than than it ended up being. Um, yeah. I, I, I felt like the pick wasn't going to be, certainly wasn't going to be the number one again as well, too. So in, in that sure. respect, I felt like the pick obviously would have been handy. And who wouldn't want the, num- the number eight pick, you know, regardless if you weren't anywhere near that anyway. But I just thought I thought the pick, it was probably the right time to get rid of the pick because remember if, yeah. if, if if Brooklyn had kept if if um if if uh, Lynn had stayed healthy for the for the Nets like he was playing quite well they they could have been a yeah. lot higher up anyway so yeah. I think where oh, they sure. finished up was almost a little bit unfair on them too I I saw a lot of like like I had, I felt like the Nets had a lot of a, had a real Celtics in 2013 14 sort of vibe to them you know and I'm with you I was like this pick's not going to be as bad as people think. That said, I yep. was not in favor of the trade. And I think one of the other reasons is it, that we maybe haven't mentioned is, um, you know, for so long we've been talking about what when Danny Ainge cashes in all his chips, what's this piece going to be? Is it, you know, it's going to be Jimmy Butler? It's going to be huge. Name? And it was Kyrie Irving. And Kyrie Irving is like, He's a flawed player, still. You know, man, he's he's amazing, but he he you know he's flawed. He's not a two way player. He's not a like, you know, we we, we what I is there a universe in which I would have preferred Jimmy Butler to Kyrie Irving? Not now, but yeah, at the time for sure, yeah, right? Sure. Like, um, and it was like, oh, this is what we've cashed in for. It's it's Kyrie Irving, and then the next thought is, man, Danny Ainge must really really rate Kyrie Irving, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Yeah, and after a little while, you sort of have to start, you know, with his track record, just start trusting Danny trusting Age. Him, and, like, yeah. if he rates a player, particularly, you know, uh, draft prospects aside, like players that are already in like, the league. Like, like he he's going balls deep on this player, you know? Like, I'm trading the number one pick out, you know, trading out of the number one pick, or I'm trading yeah. Isaiah Thomas for him, you know? Well, yeah, and so we traded uh, going on 29-year-old Isaiah Thomas, uh, who was saying things like "bring out the Brinks truck"? Yeah, uh, we true. traded uh, Jay Crowder, who, like you said, basically misses every important shot that he has to take. Ante Zizic, who was unproven, and uh, it needs to be said that at that point, I think the summer league had already happened, and he didn't yeah, we perform were. particularly well in the summer league from memory. I watched every game, like you know, expecting to see some promising stuff out of Zizic and we, we just didn't really see it at all and the Brooklyn pick which was mainly probably the, the most valuable uh like part of that trade um yeah so to, to say that Ainge 
you know, gave up all of his chips. Um, I don't think, and maybe we can only say this fairly in hindsight, but like we were really lucky that we didn't have to give up like Jalen Brown or Smart or Tatum in that trade, which yeah. at the time well, would have seemed you, fair. You remember they remember they came back after it came oh, out that Isaiah's was hip wasn't oh, as good as they that. thought it would be and they wanted to get <sighs> something else. So we ended up giving them, what, a second rounder in 2020? And <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which, so which, right which to, me was, which yeah. to me was just kind of like they just threw in like an extra packet of like free tomato sauce like with your chips. <laughs> yeah, that and actually probably would have been And they just accepted it. And I was like, all right, yeah, no problem at all. So like they even, they even tried to get more out of it once they felt like they had more information and they still couldn't get anything really. But, I yeah, thought it was a you never total... know what it's going to turn into, but no, nah, I thought it was great on our behalf. I thought it was a dick move, man. I thought it was like, I thought <laughs> it was the Cavs. I was like, everyone knows Thomas has a hip injury. He, you yeah. know, he set out the playoffs. What are you talking about? Yeah. It felt like cynical play. Hey, question for the group. Where were you guys on Thomas's extension prior to learning about the severity of the, of the hip injury? I mean, would I have wanted one? Or? Yeah. Well, what were you wanting to? What were you wanting to extend him for? You wanting to max him out because he would have been obviously free. No, I, I, yeah, I, I don't know if I would have wanted to give him the max. It was something I thought about again when the trade went down. That when that all came together instantly. But no, I don't know if he was going to be the one we should give the max money to. I wanted to keep him around, but again, I'm repeating myself as I said earlier for the right price. <laughs> Stroke, yeah. stroke the bed. Stroke yeah, the and again, this, this, I'm probably really influenced by hindsight now too, because obviously we all like that's, love, that's love, fair. love Isaiah Thomas so much. So it might be, you know, a bit of revisionist history here. But no, I, my initial Shout memory, Malcolm Global. Yes, yes, indeed. Initially, um, <laughs> I thought no, not the max, not the max. Mm. Yeah, no, I, um, he is not a max sized player. Uh, he's he's a he's a minimal sized player. I don't know, well, quite know where I'm going with this, but obviously a five foot nine, you know, uh, approaching thirty year old point guard in the NBA doesn't deserve to to get the max contract. Maybe they have a career season, um, but applying some common sense, that that's not a, a a player archetype that deserves a max contract. Oh, good so use of archetype. At at, mm-hmm. at no point was I thinking given the max contract, but at no point was I thinking let him walk for nothing because he's a valuable mm-hmm. asset. So. Uh, and it, like you said, Jackson, like hindsight is probably applied here a little bit, but we didn't let him walk. We didn't give him the max contract, but we used his value at the time to, to get a more valuable asset. Um, so I, I really think probably best case scenario. And and it wasn't all, you know, uh, lollipops and rainbows. Like, you know, uh, Irving uh, was injured for the, the, the second half of the season or the, the latter portion of the season. So it's not like we, you know, we came away with um, a trophy as a result or anything. But uh, I do think we, there was a lot of talk about Ainge being fleeced at the time. Oh, yeah. Which I never, never, was was once, it was never once bought into that. That drove me insane. Well, well yeah, I, I think yeah. I'm more susceptible to like people out there, but I was like, Altman did like, a good <laughs> job though, right? Like, because people forget how little leverage Cleveland was perceived as having, eh? Yeah. Like yeah, everyone absolutely. was like, man, yeah. Kobe Altman did like thread of the needle on this thing. Yeah, and part of me was believing it uh, and just like buying into all the doubt and all the Celtics hate out there. And I was like, oh man, we got screwed. Um, and then when it sounded like they were coming back for, as you say, that, that extra sachet of, of tomato sauce, <laughs> Kobe Altman is just that dickhead kid who goes to the canteen and buys a sausage roll and then like creeps back to the front of the line, pushes in and asks for a bit more sauce. That's what he did. But I thought the sauce was going to be like another player. or And I was like, now we're really going to get fleeced. And fortunately, that didn't happen. But, you know, I'd be worried at the time. I'll say that. 
Yeah, and then there's no more source for everybody else in the rest of the queue. You know? Yeah, that's right. Mm. Uh, and then it turns out he's got some source in his backpack in his locker the whole time. <laughs> and I don't know. I don't know where this analogy is going. Moving right along. September 1, 2017. Drive towards Banner 18. So I just want to personally welcome and thank Gordon Hayward and Kyrie Irving for joining the Celtics. The Gordon Hayward Kyrie Irving press conference, uh, which I have in my notes here, was basically just Celtics porn, just like a parade. Uh, in my mind, it, it was um, relative to the 2008 uh, press conference where it's like, here are our players before we go out and win a championship. That's where I was in my mind. Um, obviously, they didn't happen, but uh, it was good. it was a good moment at the time. Yeah, Gordon Hayward's press conference answers combined were, were well longer than his actual minutes played in the season. Imagine if we that's, trade him that's and that's brutal. like the high point of Gordon Hayward is the press conference. Yeah, the green oh, suit. Yeah, I the green that. suit. <laughs> well, you know, he, he, he reused. <laughs> yeah, he did. He Thrifty. actually hit a nice turnaround fadeaway jumper uh, at about the three-minute mark of game one of the of the season against the Cavs. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't dare anyone to, to go and find that highlight because if you watch a little bit longer, then you'll see something you, you never want to see mm. again. But uh, it's there. It happened. I just I, literally got shivers then. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I um I, I remember I was at the pub when um when it happened or, or it happened that day and like I showed him the photo of Hayward and Kyrie holding up their, their jerseys and I said to him very drunkenly I said we're going to the finals this year. <laughs> He's like, oh really? He's like, yeah, we're going to the finals. You just watch. You just watch. Now that didn't happen, but you were almost but right. If- I'll bet you. I will bet you if both of those guys were there. We'd still be playing during the playoffs. Right now. During the playoffs, the finals would not be over right now. I the finals would still be going. Agree. Amen, Joe. Now, an interesting quote from Gordon Hayward. 2013. Um, I actually was. I went to Cleveland on a visit um, when I was a restricted free agent, and Kyrie came in, and you know, was, was saying how much fun it would be if if I would be on the team, and um, you know, kind of recruited me to go there, and. Then LeBron came, and that kind of squashed that whole thing. Hayward <laughs> uh, hey, also said, uh, and there's a little bit of controversy surrounding this from the Utah side of things, what's special about here, referring to Boston, is it seems they are especially educated sports fans. They know a little bit more here. Um, Cute, butthurt Utah fans who, to their credit, are pretty nice people. Of all the, like temporarily bitter fan bases I've encountered. Like the the Jazz fans bounce back pretty quickly. Maybe Donovan Mitchell had a little bit to do with that. But um, at the time, uh, it pricked up a lot of hairs on the back of people's necks out there. Yeah, I, f- I, feel, I feel like that's <laughs> when we get new free agents, the thing that they really push for them to say is how much of the city, the pad, the fans, oh. the passionate sports fans. It's like that's it's just like yeah. the thing for Boston. It's like the sporting city. So I completely get that that rubs a lot of fans of of players that used to play for their team saying that. I get that it rubs oh, the wrong um, way. Honestly, but it's, man, a press, we, it's a press release. You in know, New Zealand, so. it's the same thing because we get all the movies filmed here and it's like we always trot out the stars and they have to tell us how beautiful they think our country is. And it's like, well, yeah. Well, 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 yeah. You know, just tell us what you really think, you know? <laughs> I guess as a unapologetic Celtics-obsessed aficionado, I just, every time I hear that, I'm like, of course. Like, of course that's what you think. You've always wanted to play for Boston. Like, we're the best team ever. It's exactly what you think, right? Like, your agent definitely did not tell you to say that. Speaking of quotes, I remember feeling kind of awkward about Kyrie Irving 
not mm. just in this press conference, yep. but in subsequent uh, interviews. The just first the way... take, the first take, yeah, would so, sell it uh, interview. Yeah. A little bit cringy, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, like just just the way that he talked, he sort of seemed to be like trying too hard to sound intelligent. And a quote from that first take interview, which he did, I think, shortly after the press conference. Quote, Very much woke. <laughs> it was an interesting, interesting six years referring to his time in Cleveland. You think about how the journey transcended my career. doesn't make sense. No. From starting the first three years, that was a picture in itself. And then the last three years, those finite moments that have defined you as a player and as a man, you're very appreciative of that. Um, and I, I encourage people out there um, who are bored in the offseason to, to actually seek out the interview or the quotes from that first take interview because it was very much work during that, that period of time, <laughs> to say the least. He's a weird dude. Like, <laughs> there is yeah. no getting around it, man. Like, I'm not really willing to fully trust Kyrie with my heart, hey? Like, <laughs> he's a weird guy. I yeah, mean, he I want would to. really so help us in the playoffs, though. but, man, he's weird. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if you watch his highlights um, from any portion of his career, like his ability to get shots off in just the craziest amount of traffic, I don't know if I've seen anyone with that ability before, like ever Mm. in the NBA. He just has such an ability to get off the most ridiculous shots and consistently uh, and at a high level, uh, he just makes them regularly, and I don't know how he does it, and I don't know how sustainable it is to play that way, but uh, all I know is I'm very happy to have a player of that level on our team. So I, a little bit, like he can say whatever he wants and do whatever he wants <laughs> off the court, but if he's going to play yeah. like that, and you know, Brad Stevens is woke, to put it lightly. I think Jalen Brown even said that Brad Stevens' pedagogy is dope. Uh, <laughs> that's an exact quote. So, you know, if, if that's the, the line of thinking around the players, maybe my, maybe Kyrie Irving will stick around and uh, and bless us with his uh, incredible yeah. abilities. And, <laughs> and non sequiturs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what to say. I just love, I love Kyrie Irving, but just don't, don't talk so much. <laughs> All right, that will just about do it for this part one season recap special episode of the Boston Celtics Reddit podcast. What happens in part two? Who knows? Tune in later this week to find out. Thank you, Jackson. Thank you, Joe. Uh, on behalf of Jackson and Joe, uh, I'd just like to thank you, Ben, for hosting this podcast. Uh, <laughs> uh, we look forward to uh, round two. And uh, thanks to the ladies in the kitchen. Very, very professional. Thanks to all the listeners out there. If you're feeling extra nice, extra generous, please subscribe to the podcast. Please leave a nice review and rate us five stars. It's a big help to us. We'll see you guys later in the week. Go Celts. Peace. Peace.